everybody. Welcome to the OFM podcast sponsored by Vespa. Nature is catalyst for optimizing fat metabolism. This is the place that you can learn about how to get your body back to burn fat for its fuel. My name is Stephanie Holbrook and I'm one of the co-hosts along with the beautiful Naomi Land, our lovely Australian with the beautiful accent, and uh, Vespa OFM elite athlete Zach Bitter who happens to know a thing or two about burning fat for fuel and winning races to set some pretty amazing records. And finally, the brains behind the OFM program, super awesome, Peter Dafty. So everybody say hi. Hey. G'day. Hello. <laughs> so this is our inaugural podcast. Let's begin with a brief overview by Peter Dafty on uh, OFM, or Optimizing Fat Metabolism. And then each of us will give our take or our story about how we came to the OFM program and why we're OFM athletes and why we started the podcast. So, Peter, take it away. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Stephanie, for that wonderful introduction. And um, I just want uh, to start this off because OFM stands for Optimized Fat Metabolism. And the basic premise of this is we want to get your body back to wanting to burn fat for fuel the way nature intended. You know, when you think about it, even the leanest athlete carries more than enough spare fat calories to run a hundred miles, do a double century or, or compete in an Ironman. And when you think about it, nature, evolution, intelligent design, wherever you are, um, that's the fuel source we're meant to use for our aerobic spectrum. And Glycogen, glucose, carbohydrates are really our fight or flight fuel. So, um, we want to use them, uh, as sparingly as possible. And the main aerobic fuel source should be fat. And this was a program work with Vespa to support the product. And, and we'll be talking more and more about this as we go along. But, but in my work, the program got developed because we started to see some huge synergies and I was looking at the physiology and starting to figure out some things and uh, as a result we've seen some amazing results and Zach Bitter is um, one of the elite athletes that have really literally won races and smashed records and people say that you know you can't win you can't set records on fat well we beg to differ and then of course Naomi and Stephanie are two athletes who have really compelling stories and they they really represent hundreds of other athletes who've had this turnaround when they get themselves back to burning fat as fuel and, and off the uh, carbohydrate addiction. So, um, you know, Steph, I think we'll start with your story um, and uh, go on to Naomi's and then maybe Zach can chime in. Okay, cool. So um, my story is I was, uh, you know, wanted to start running marathons and, uh, and wanted to really get in shape after my kids had started school. My youngest had started first grade, and I was like, I'm going to get in shape. So I started training for a marathon and didn't really get very much fitter and started training for triathlons and century bike rides. Ended up doing an Ironman, and I was following the typical high-carb, low-fat diet, and I was doing very, very low-fat and really cutting back on my calories. And, and that sort of training on top of a stressful job, just wrecked my whole system. I had complete adrenal fatigue and injuries that would not heal. Um, and I was a, a coach. I was a personal trainer, or well, I still am a coach and a personal trainer, but 
I felt like I was such a hypocrite. I How was I going to coach these people when I couldn't even figure it out myself? Um, so I started listening to shows and podcasts and had listening to Ben Greenfield's podcast and, and another number of others and I really liked what Ben had to say so I signed up for his uh, superhuman coaching program and met Peter at a conference at the Become Superhuman conference and I told him my story and he had agreed to to help me get back in shape or, or clean up my nutrition and I took his advice and at that time I felt like I was never going to be able to race again I I thought I would never be able to do any more endurance sports which I didn't get the leanness that I wanted ever, but I really enjoyed the community and the events and everything. And, and unfortunately, I kept getting fatter and slower. So after I met with Peter and he, he told me about the OFM program, I got thinner and I got faster. And I ended up doing a 60-mile bike ride, which is not, relatively speaking, not that long. But I ended up getting a PR and only used uh, two Vespa and I think five Rolos for the whole race, and um, I probably didn't even need the five Rolos, but, um, and that's even stopping to call my husband to check where he was at on the course, and I still got a PR, so that was pretty compelling, and, and I had gotten an office job because I felt like a hypocrite as a trainer, and I ended up quitting my office job, going back to personal training and coaching, and I have athletes like coach now who are having great results so I feel like Peter and the OFM program gave me my life back and I I can't say enough except for you know I want to help people women just like me get their life back and and have the good results that they want as well so um but so my story I hope a lot of listeners can relate to but I really like Naomi's story because I feel like it's really it's amazing and and her accent's lovely too so Naomi take it away oh hi guys I'm um excited to be here today and I want to share my story with you you're you're, you're not here today Naomi you're here tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) yes no that's right we're here yesterday (laughs) according to Naomi (laughs) Yeah, you're way behind. <laughs> I told on, you we're on the cutting edge. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, so I want to today tell you about my story. It's very much, um, I guess I'm an endurance athlete and that's where I came to OFM. But the background of my story is um, I had a car accident in 2002 and um lost my first child and I had a lot of problems from there on. Um, I was very much a high carb, low fat um, as we all were in those days and I had lots of fertility problems, I had lots of health problems, Um, I couldn't fall pregnant, I ended up falling pregnant um, just by accident I guess with my first child and we just thought that it was just one of those miracles. But as I started to do lots of research and and started to see Chinese herbalists and doctors, I started to realize that my infertility was actually through of not eating enough fat in my diet. And, and then that's when I had this passion that I just, 
wanted to help other people, you know. Like I think that when you have that, um, that close call in life, when you realise what life is all about, you start to realise that there's more in life than just um, running your own race, so to speak. So, um, so that's when I did more research. I started my training. Um, at that time, I was doing long-distance events and I decided to sign up for an Ironman. Um, and once I did that, I was eating more meat, I was eating lots of fat and suddenly in training for an Ironman, doing four-hour runs, um, long bike rides, all the things that my doctors told me not to do to fall pregnant, I, um, eight years later, fell pregnant with my second child. And, and that's when it made me realize that there's more in this than what our governments are telling us in, you know, we have to eat low-fat or no fat in our diets and and then after my child I went back to um, endurance training and um, and then that's when I basically found Pete and I just loved um, I started his program I loved it it worked it was in line with everything that I was and at the moment um, that's what I'm doing I'm I'm here helping a lot of people in Australia basically get their health back. Um, I've done several charity rides and raised over, um, I think it's about so far $70,000 over the last three or four years. So um, that's for treatment, research, education and prevention of cancer. Um, and I've also started helping women achieve goals that they never thought they'd be able to achieve before. So um, I just think that, that the OFM program is just amazing. It's changed my lifestyle. It's changed my health and my outlook on life. So, um, yeah, that's my story. That, wow. That, I'm like, damn. I know. You sound great, Naomi. I told you. <laughs> She's our ringer. <laughs> I know. So I was like, oh, I should have gone second. I could have been so good. But uh, I'm joking. Uh, well, but now we have to talk about the record holder, Zach. Although Zach always yeah. comes off as humble, but he's pretty amazing. <laughs> well, I'll do my best to try to live up to some of that. Um, but, yeah, I guess uh, my story differs a tad. Um, and I think it's kind of cool that we have a lot of different unique uh, approaches and entry levels into the OFM VESPA program. But um, I guess I was never really in, in dire straits physically from a health standpoint. Uh, but I was more so like heading down the wrong direction from an athletic standpoint. And fortunately, I bumped into Peter before it got to the point where I had to do a lot of serious resetting of my metabolism and health, gut and all that stuff. But uh, it was back in around 2011 when I first really started getting into ultra marathon running and I had done three 50 mile ultra marathons in a, in a nine week time span. Uh, and I started to notice that, uh, with my high volume training and frequent racing, which is not very uncommon in the world of ultra marathoning, that I was starting to kind of break down a little faster than I would have traditionally back in like high school and college when I ran cross country and track and field. So, um, 
I started to worry a little bit about that because like some of the things I would notice, like I wasn't sleeping very good at night. Like I would have to block off a 10 hour section just to be able to get eight hours of sleep because I knew I'd wake up multiple times to use the bathroom and other things like inflammation in my ankles and abdomen and things like that, which were just kind of signs like this isn't normal. This isn't happening in the past. Uh, so at the end of that stint of three fifty milers in nine weeks, I was asking myself if I needed, I, I basically said I need to do something different, whether it's backing off a training or fixing something nutritionally, something had to change so that this wouldn't head down the wrong path very, very quickly. Uh, and luckily I had happened to mention some of that stuff to Peter and he had suggested since I had, I had been using the Vespa product on a high carbohydrate, which that I was definitely stronger at the end of long runs on the product, even with a high carb diet. Um, but Peter suggested to me that a lot of the symptoms I was experiencing were very common for high charging athletes who are uh, essentially replacing that excess amount of calories they're burning in the high training with uh, just more and more carbohydrates. Uh, so he introduced me to OFM and like over the last three years, Peter and I have worked very closely with one another to really dial in the optimized fat metabolism approach with my specific lifestyle and um, really get it to a point where now I have no doubt that when I finish a race or a hard training block that uh, uh, when I stick to the approach, I'm going to recover quick and, and be able to get good sleep and feel healthy and strong just in general. Uh, from day to day life and in my training. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. it's just that there, I don't think I've heard from anybody who's done OFM that they feel, <laughs> they feel worse. I mean, everybody feels better. It's like the, that's the magic bullet. Um, but so, um, we ought to tell the audience that in case they don't know who Zach Bitter is, they might want to look him up because Zach's, um, he actually holds a world record for the 12 hour distance. Um, he holds the American record, um, for a hundred miles, um, the American record for 200 kilometers. He's run what a five, 12, 50 miler so far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and he was uh, second American at the last uh, hundred uh, kilometer world championship. What were you overall? Sixth overall? Sixth overall, yes. Yeah, oh, six that's overall. <laughs> that's it. That, oh, only breaking world records. That's all. Yeah, and being a world class athlete at 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 some of this stuff. And and I think one of the things is is we ought to mention is when Zach was noticing this uh, back in 2011 when his volume and racing were up. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like we should put the link on after this podcast to that outside magazine article um, because that's sort of the, the pathway you probably were on the trajectory you were on before you switched over. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And that's why that article that caught my eye, especially because the, you know, the one thing that kind of like uh, hinted around at it, but they didn't really come out and give a whole lot of specifics in that article, but it, it seemed to be, there was, there's definitely a trajectory of like, uh, not necessarily tuning into your diet the way that we feel is necessary to be able to do this type of training um, and still remain strong and healthy for the long run. So, yeah, like I think I was probably definitely heading down that path and unfortunately didn't didn't get far enough down it. Yeah, and for the audience to know, like some of the some of the nuances about this, and we'll talk m more in depth of this when we do interview Zach in a podcast. But when he when he broke the hundred mile American record and set the twelve of our world record, uh, 
John Olson, who's another OFM Vespa athlete, uh, broke it five weeks earlier in, in, uh, Canada and the record had stood for like 23 years previous to John and Zach breaking it. The, the most interesting thing about that that really set this apart is when you tap into that unlimited fuel tank, you become a machine and both Zach and, uh, John, their split during the race were just even. They were just like metronomes just circling around these tracks. I think Zach said, except for the three times he had to take a, a little uh, potty break. Um, except for those three laps, his lap splits didn't vary between 14 seconds from the slowest lap to the fastest lap. It's just amazing. I mean, it's so it's so awesome that it's not only Zach, but you have cons- the OFM pro- program has pretty consistent results with improving people's performance and recovery, and definitely. Performance well, and, and the interesting thing about that is when you tap into that sort of level, you, you maintain this metabolic homeostasis. So you're, you're not, ha- you're, you're, your metabolism, your, your hormones, your cortisol, your blood sugar isn't going up and down and all over the map. Um, but these are things we'll be talking more on later, but that's just the sort of performance we've seen. So we have people like Zach and Nikki Kimball and John Olson and Mike Morton, uh, and some real Top level age group triathletes like Rodrigo Gonzalez, who are, are really setting a new bar, um, and using fat as the, the fuel. And then we have all kinds of people just like you, Stephanie and Naomi, who are setting personal records, personal bests. They're able to do their sport. Um, you know, I, I think of when you tell your story, Stephanie, I think about Betty Smith, because when I first started working with her, she was complaining about the price of Vespa and switching, giving up bread and, you, but she was ready to give up her sport of ultra running because she'd go out, take a gel and puke. And it was like, it was like, like she said, I was felt like I was drinking acid every time. And she's one of the people that's uh, profiled in, in Steve Finney and Jeff Bollock's, uh, the art and science of low carb performance. So, and then she's turned around to become amazing at 63, 60, 63. Um, she's a mid packer in a lot of these hundred mile races. And she, she just, it's just kind of scary when you see somebody uh, at that age, just doing that level of performance. I really love Naomi's story because there's a lot of women out there who struggle with infertility. I have friends who struggle with infertility and they were never able to have kids again. And it really left a mark on their, on them and in their relationships. I think too, um, Steph, like I think that they're not only struggling with that, they're also struggling with their weight or their health or um, things that never, um, they could never line up and never know why they're not feeling amazing, you know, why they have that three o'clock slump. Right. And that's, that's what I had too. I, I used to sleep horribly. And now I wake up with energy, I have energy throughout the day, and I go to bed and I fall asleep and I sleep through the night. And I wake yeah. up the next yeah. day with energy. And I think a lot of people don't realize that that's really what you're supposed to have. You're supposed to feel right. good throughout the day and you're supposed to be able to sleep at night. And you're supposed yeah. to go for a run and not feel like you're wiped out for the rest of the day. Well, and I remember Zach uh, telling me when we first when he first contacted me, uh, when we first started got him lined out and he started doing it, one of the first two things he did, he told me were were outside of his training and racing and that was he wasn't having that afternoon carb coma 
during teaching and then he wasn't getting up three to five times a night to go to the bathroom, which I told him that would, would probably stop because it happened for me because that inflammation, it, it causes your prostate. Plus you have a, a colon full of carbs and that's pushing up against your inflamed prostate. So your bladder and prostate are like not too happy. So you're getting up and going to the bathroom as a male multiple times a night. And, uh, you know, as a female, it's, got to do with the uterus and and you know that special time of the month the mid luteal uh all those carbs and inflammation make it all that much more special you know i think uh back when i was high carb and training the way i was it was you know basically any day during two o'clock i felt like i could lie down and take a nap and like anywhere so uh and just not having that is such a huge benefit and it, it's a pretty quick it shows up quick like it um, I think I was on the on the diet for less than a month before I started noticing that stuff. And and everyone's different. Everyone's gonna transition at a different rate. But um, it is really nice to be able to see those ex- those those results quickly and not have to like guess like is this working? Is it not working? Kind of a scenario. Peter, what's your background? Because you are this ball of knowledge that people are tapping into. Like, how did you get your start with? first low carb then vespa and then the ofm program because that's pretty interesting because you're the one who has helped us all yeah well i appreciate that steph thanks but uh if i if you told me 20 years ago this was going to be my my trajectory and plan i would have laughed at you because i think if i look back at my life it was all pretty chaotic and, and serendipitous um but uh i was i was doing ultra running back um in early 2000 and, and got into western states and and somebody introduced me to um vespa my friend paleo paul charteris he's a kiwi and he said hey take some of this my friend mojo swears by it and i used it used it for my western states in 2006 and had zero problems and started using it more and talking to the company and at that time the the partners in the U.S. and Canada had basically gotten fed up with the whole project. Only there was only one man standing, and so I ended up buying uh, an equity position in the company and taking it over because the the guy in Canada was he's still he, he's still my partner, but he's still he's kind of like sort of on standby because he's kind of lost the love because you know they did all the sales and the product's phenomenal, but it never went anywhere, and so. Um, what happened was when I started, I thought, okay, this has got to be good, but it didn't exactly work that way. So with my background in biology from UC Davis and starting to do this, um, I thought, okay, this is going to work. And it didn't. And I had a lot of athletes that said, oh, they didn't notice any difference. Some said, yeah, but it wasn't that much. And some people said it made them sick. And that's when I got scared because I just, you know, shelled out a lot of money to buy in and, and invested in this. I thought, okay, this is going to be a good thing. And I could bring a great product to the market. And it was kind of a reality check because we did, I did a podcast with Scott Dunlap, who has a blog, blog called Trail Runners. Uh, blog and he was one of the first people to start blogging on the trail ultra thing and has a huge following and if you go back to that blog in 2008 you can see if you look at the comments i just scott was using it he loved it he just couldn't figure it out we couldn't figure it out but it was like we got ripped i mean just everybody said no you can't do this you got to have carbs and that kind of went on for two or three years even though athletes started win- winning races and, and doing well on the product and and so I kept working and tweaking with this project and, and figuring out the whole 
fat thing. And I'd already been clued into that prior to Vespa um, from my marathon running. And so I started to incorporate that and started to read a lot of, uh, you know, uh, biology textbooks on, on human physiology and some peer reviewed literature. And then I think in 2009 or 10, for some, somebody introduced me to Steve Finney, who lives about 40 minutes away, uh, from my place in Davis. And we got together and started talking. I told him what I was doing. He says, yeah, that's exactly what happens when you're on a ketogenic diet and you're doing it. You've kind of figured it out. And so we started talking and Steve is a, Steve is a genius. The guy is, is absolutely a genius and he's been so dedicated and he's been that lone voice in the woods for like 30 years saying, waving his hands and shouting at the top of his lungs with the science that this is all wrong. This is all wrong. You know, the whole high carb, low fat thing. And only until now has he started to gain some traction. Um, so he and I started working loosely together and he introduced me, of course, to Jeff Bollock. And then 2012, Zach and a number of other, uh, runners ran Western states for a study we did and, uh, got some very good data off of that and, you know, keep learning and keep progressing. And then, um, it just kind of snowballed from there. We kept, I kept working with people and it was people from all, all different abilities and ages and started working with triathletes, uh, started working with Christian Manietta, who he, he coached you for a bit, didn't he, Naomi? Yes, that's right. Yeah, at yes. Tri-Specific. Yeah. yeah that's and right. I met with him a couple of years ago because he was celiac and had heard about me and, and Christian's story, he's going to be another one we'll have on the podcast because Christian went went is a high carb traditional triathlete and and the guy looks fabulous now and he's racing back at his old you know uh performance levels are better now and and feeling great about it so we started getting more and more into the triathlon sphere and 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 just things are coming out the woodwork so i've always been good at at sort of making things work in the real world and connecting those disparate dots and figuring it out. And, and I think a lot of what we're going to be doing with OFM is what sets us apart is we're sort of that middle ground. We, we get your body back to burning fat as its primary fuel, but then, you know, carbs aren't, aren't the enemy, but we also are very strategic in how we use them. And then the other thing I'm, I'm really good at doing and Zach, has also been really good at communicating with me with this. So we're working together is we try and make this very doable for the, for each athlete. It's very individualized. I mean, the basic physiology is the same for humans, but how each person gets arrives at their OFM program is going to be individualized just because of genetics, environment, you know, all the things that are going on in their life, you know, work, family, um, the kind of sport they're doing. And so we tr- always try to come up with doable ways within that context, what region of the country they're living in, um, to make this really a doable program because so many, um, exercise and diet programs, you know, they want the athlete to adhere to that and not try to find a, a middle ground that makes it doable. And that's why so many, many people fail and so many of these programs really aren't sustainable. Right. Uh, one thing that I really yeah. have learned from working with you, becoming fat adapted and, and on Facebook and, and people have seen that I've gotten leaner and faster and they're asking me advice. So they try out the low carb diet without adding the carb, you know, the strategic carbs and they're not getting the results they want. Just recently I've had a few people ask me in like the last couple of days and I think it's really 
the best of both worlds because you get to have your cake in the fact that you're burning fat and you get to eat it, you know, before and during training. So you get to eat your cake too. And, but it's all about figuring out the ratios that work best for you. And it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of art and a little bit of science. I think that it's, we're trying to do with the podcast and with the OFM program and programs that we're writing a way so people can implement becoming fat adapted and training that they can through a process that they can figure it out themselves to get the program to work and then also have be a resource for them. Yeah. And I think what's important, the piece that the podcast fills for the OFM program is that there is a lot to this. It's not just take a Vespa, cut your carbs and off you go. Right. So there's a lot of information that people need to assimilate. And if we just try to dump it in the program, as, as you guys have told me time and time again, it's just going to overwhelm them and they won't do it. So the podcast fills a really good role because we'll be we'll be talking to you on different topics as well as interviewing a number of athletes and and not just elite athletes like Zach Bitter and Nikki Kimball um but but people who real people like Naomi and and uh Stephanie and and all that so that people can can relate to it they can we'll be talking on subjects um so they can understand and have that aha moment about why it's working without having to try and consciously assimilate it by looking at the program. So the podcast fills a really vital um, niche and we, we hope to make it um, thought provoking as well and entertain as well as a little bit entertaining, but not, it's not going to be entertainment. We try and we're going to try and make this have some guts to it. Right. And people can ask us questions that we can answer. You know, if a few people, you get the same question over and over, then it's obviously something that we need to address. And it's something that we need to, to incorporate in our programs. Yeah. And I think Naomi said that to me once because that's what we, I've always tried to do is she said, Oh, you, you listen. You don't tell people what do you kind of listen. And, and that's kind of what we want to, that's one component we're going to keep open is that adaptability and, and feedback. And it's like I've told all of you guys, I never want to stop working with athletes from any level because you, you know, when you don't, when, when you're not on the front line, you lose touch. Uh, one thing with the podcast that will probably come forward pretty quickly is just the, this understanding that, um, everyone is an individual and everyone is at a different spot. So the beauty of the OFM approach is it doesn't just throw like a cookie cutter diet on top of you. It actually looks at where you're at, what your needs are. So like OFM for me might look entirely different than OFM for someone else, uh, based on where they're at metabolically or, um, their lifestyle, like what their, their family job relationship obligations are can really, really affect how, what we put into our bodies react and things like that. So just we look at things holistically and shape OFM in a way that will fit that specific person. Yeah. I think that's important to note because, um, we, we, it's science tends to control the variables and I happen to be married to a research scientist and I work with uh, Steve and Jeff and Zach as you know uh, my friend Bruce LaBelle is a world-class scientist himself and so and and so they tend to look at these little things and then all these science studies come out and they're looking at an isolated thing with control variables and and you know as our listeners if they think about how often is the real world a controlled study 
I mean, and we all try and control it and we drive ourselves nuts. I mean, how many, I mean, I'm sure Stephanie, you and Naomi have tried to get your race triathlon races ready and you're like planning out every step of it. And then you get in the race and it's doesn't exactly happen that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And so it, it's about that flexibility and adaptation as well as, um, you know, having a plan and, and keeping it individualized for that person, but just getting that flexibility. And that's one of the things we, we try to build in is get people to relax. And we'll be talking a lot about mindset and, um, not Stress. being stressing about right. it. And that's one of the, one of the, one of the key things is not, not going overboard about, you know, wondering whether it's grass fed, organic, non GMO you know, free range and all that so that we don't do it. But the other thing is OFM, as Zach says, holistic, but diet may be a main part of it, but we're looking at how people train so that they're not training in a way that sets them off to start out burning nothing but sugar. We're looking at lifestyle. We're looking at intermittent fasting. We're looking at a whole host of things. Um, and not just your diet exercise and, and, um, the program is going to go off to where other people can, can do the specific sport in a way that, that their training and their racing is, is such that they're going to be burning fat. Well, and the other thing about the pod, about the podcast feeding people information, um, is it's important for everybody to know. I think if, if people arrive at our po- podcast, they've even, they've probably heard about this whole heresy of fat for fuel for exercise and they're not quite sure about it because how many of I mean I'm sure all three of you have had people ask you what you're doing and then when you tell them you could just see them tune out in their body language and their faces yep right uh, they look at you like you have two yep. heads yeah yep <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, we, you know, part of this is, so, you know, the audience, the listener here is obviously heard about it is probably curious if they're not committed already. And so we want to give people who are coming to this podcast, the kind of information they know they need to know so that they, they can feel comfortable. This is based on pretty solid science, even though we're, you know, a lot of the stuff is Zach says, and even Jeff Volick is saying we're leading the science right now. Um, and so, but we're basing it on pretty sound scientific, uh, principles and on basic physiology that's not argued about. So people get this information through the podcast and we try to tie it, tie it together in layman's terms so that people can sit, you know, they can have that aha moment. This makes total sense. Plus, I think the success stories that we'll have on will really help people relate to somebody like, oh, that sounds like me. Yeah, but I think, like I've said to you guys all before, it's like when you've been drummed in that last 40 years that, you know, fat, cholesterol, red meat, and salt are to be feared. And if you're an athlete, you add on top of that the fear of giving up carbohydrates so you don't bonk or you don't perform. Well, you know, like I say, when you sow fear into the psyche of a person, they just kind of default to that even though they're getting all this information even in their own experience that something's not working and that all these new studies are coming out saying too much carbs has problems and fat's not bad. It's still a a big hard push. And so, you know, we want to make sure people are informed as they go along so that they can um, really come into this and get to the point where you guys are, where you really embrace it and, and can help. Others. I think too, it's quite hard, Pete, with, 
that the respective um, carbs are very addictive. So um, once you've been on a high-carb diet, especially for women and their hormones um, and around that time of the month, you, you tend to – it's a very comfort food. So um, it, it is that breaking that cycle, isn't it? Yeah, it it is, and that that's some of the things we'll talk about is that that whole uh, addictive process, and and we can run through that on a separate podcast about the blood sugar and the insulin and and how it just it's like, and that's right at that mid luteal point of the month for a woman, it's it's the thing, it's when they're stressed the most, they crave the carbs the most, but it's the thing they need to stay away from. <laughs> so it's it, yeah, it, yeah, that's right. And the addiction, and the, and, the, and that's the thing. And when you add on top of that endurance training or any volume of exercise, so if you're like a competitive college, collegiate basketball player or football player, um, you're doing a pretty high volume of exercise, and and that glucose instability creates a very addictive uh, self feeding loop that keeps people going then you add the hormonal cycle in with a female and it's it's just a recipe for disaster and, and, and it's addiction you know it's just like any other uh, addictive drug i know zach wasn't at a place you know he wasn't really broken when he met you and naomi was you know you're so functioning when i met peter i was pretty i was like i'm willing to try anything because i feel crappy all the time and, and maybe some of the listeners can relate to that. But I I had read a lot about being fat adapted. And my fear of, car, of like, giving up carbs, like, was done by then because I was, I felt bad. Like, I knew I was not healthy. I knew I felt horrible. And I was looking for anything to make me feel better. So it was pretty easy for me to buy into his program because I had already, when you get to the bottom, you're like, I just want to think looks better than that. I mean, yeah, well, a lot of the a lot of the early adopters of of OFM were people just like you who, like Betty Betty Smith and Jenny Capel and John Olson. A lot of these people were were just like you. They were at the point where nothing else was working, and they'd heard about how they could get less calories in, and they were you know John Olson, who's you know another world class runner. He said to me, Peter, you don't understand. I used to have terror going into a race. It wasn't a question of whether my stomach would give out. It would be just bad. Would be bad enough to throw my race. Right. Well, yeah. And I wasn't. I wasn't even racing. I couldn't even race anymore. I mean, I was on crutches for for months because I tore the fascia in my foot and it wouldn't heal. Like I couldn't heal. And when you get to that point, you're like, hey, what do I have? What do I have to lose? I'm already at the bottom. Yeah, you know, and what I want to what I want to context here as we we finish up with everybody is is OFM is a journey. So you know, the listeners should understand that they didn't get into this situation overnight, and we're not we're not trying to get you out of it overnight. It's a journey, and and we the program, you know, we have several steps. And but what we found is most athletes by a year to eighteen months to two years, they they get that Zen of OFM where they don't even think about it, and it just becomes them, and just in their eating and their lifestyle, and they just kind of know. Um, wouldn't you say that, Zach? Oh, definitely. And you get you you do get to a point where where it becomes like so effortless that you just kind of do it, and like you're not tied down to these strict guidelines of I better 
eat something so I don't get tired of it or eat something so I so that I can get through this workout. So yeah, it's you, like, it's like I say, it's, it's like I say, you're not being held hostage by food. Right, exactly. And then you know the food will be there when when you eventually do need it, and it's just a lot more efficient in that that matter. And then you know one thing I've noticed being being fat adapted for going on four years now is that. You know, you get to a point where you get your body starts to re-recognize fat as its fuel source. So then um, it's like you'll say, Peter, you don't have to stress out if you're out with your friends and you have something that you normally wouldn't have because you'll bounce right back into a fat burning state because of your 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 history with the program and your your uh, your fat adaptation levels. Yeah, and plus, depending on on what you eat, if it's like beer and pizza, you, you that that's like one of the things I've recommended to a lot of athletes once they get adapted, because if they go out for beer and pizza, once they're adapted, they never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fabulous. So I, I think we are ready to wrap up our first show. And I hope that we've given the listeners enough information about our backgrounds to give our expertise and also make you a little curious about what's coming up next. And we're going to go through the actual nuts and bolts of the OFM program and have some pretty wonderful stories from people who have gone through the program and also um, some scientists who've done a lot of research. So, so hopefully that gives you all enough information to be able to really implement the program. There's something there for everybody. Till next time, we hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll listen to us in the future. So I'm signing off. Bye, Peter. Bye, United. Okay. And Bye. Jack. Bye. Bye, everyone.